Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Good evening, everybody. How y'all doing? We got a great show planned for you. Uh, I had a couple of people ask me to talk about loneliness in relationship to what's going on in the world. So we're going to talk about that. And uh, hopefully, uh, if there's time, we're going to talk about some... uh, ecstatic sex tips but if not there's time for that in another show um wanted to open the show just by reminding everyone we are being kind to ourselves being kind to those around us we're making sure to ask everyone how is your mental health because again that communicates to other people that you are a safe resource and someone who is sophisticated enough and mature enough and caring enough to hold space because remember mental health is not not the absence of quote unquote negative feelings. Mental health is feeling the entire spectrum of feelings, good, bad, and otherwise, and feeling them all deeply. Feeling depressed or anxious or fearful at times is not a mental disorder. It's called being a human. We want to be able to feel those things, make room for it, allow it, but not be burdened by it. We are not trying to illegitimize or deny feelings, nor are we trying to amplify, dramatize, or catastrophize. We're trying to do the middle path the middle way, which is allow and accept. Now, acceptance doesn't mean you're like, yeah, bring it on, bring it on, depression. Acceptance means we're not battling it. We're letting it be. We're examining it. We're sitting with it. We're taking it with us. It's kind of part of life. So um, we're asking people, hey, how's your mental health? You know, because when we say, how are you? People think you're just doing pleasantries. Um, Loneliness. Sticking with what I just said, loneliness is going to have to be at times a part of our human experience. And what we never want to do is make something that feels bad. We don't ever want to turn it into suffering. And we turn it into suffering when we say, not only do I not feel great, which is going to happen, but we don't want to say, and I shouldn't feel this way. And it's bad to feel this way because then we're, then we're moving from a little bit of pain into suffering by adding that extra layer of, I don't feel great. And I'm going to now shame myself for not feeling great. Just sit with the initial feeling. You feel bad. Okay. That happens when people, a friend might tell me I'm anxious today or I'm depressed today. My response is okay. Okay. You know, I'm making sure we normalize that, that that happens now when it's been going on for maybe two weeks or more, and it's getting in the way of us doing what we call our ADLs our activities of daily living our basic needs. Well then yes, you definitely want to seek therapy. And uh, if it's really getting in the way of your life, you want to maybe seek medication, not because medication removes those things, but because it shaves down, as I say, the sharp edges and helps us then work with what it's about. Because again, sometimes these 
quote unquote negative emotions, although there are no negative emotions, there's just ones that are a little more difficult or challenging, but there's sometimes a sign and a call to action to really examine the life we're living, the way we're living, the different people or things in our lives. And we don't want to just try to wipe it away. Uh, it's not a biochemical issue. It's usually a psychosocial emotional issue. Usually it's born out of something reasonable or it's just part of the human experience. So medication isn't meant to remove. Please don't think medication means I am happy every day, all day. It doesn't work like that. In fact, most medication dampens things down. So it's not about being elevated. Medications aren't going to make you happy or joyful. They're just going to dampen down the anxiety, dampen down the depression, but it doesn't elevate you. It doesn't bring joy and happiness or contentment into your life. That's the work we have to do with ourselves. It's the work we do in therapy. Um, so I just want to clarify that. I'm going to circle back and clarify that a, a few more times down the road. I'm all about repetition because we have to, again, unlearn a lot of problematic thought patterns, especially around our emotional, psychological, and relational health, and then build in healthier, um, more realistic perspectives. So again, we're not being afraid of loneliness. And that's the whole point, again, is we're just saying, there it is. What do I need to do? How do I encounter it? What is it asking for? What's it calling for? Um, and we want to remember that judgment can sometimes cloud, I'm sorry, judgment, <laughs> loneliness can sometimes cloud our judgment it can sometimes not allow us to have a, a good grasp on the reality. Now, this is where we get into a little bit of cognitive therapy, which we need to be able to do with ourselves. We have to practice working with our thinking. We don't know how to do it. We are not familiar doing it. A lot of people are lazy and don't want to do it at all ever, but we have to. So working with our mental health, which means working with our emotions and our thinking, means we have to practice. I, the best metaphor is like learning a new language. If you don't practice that language, you will lose it. I used to be not fluent in Spanish, but I was pretty darn good. I stopped practicing. I stopped using it. I lost it. Mental health is that way as well. We have to practice. The quality of your life and the quality of your relationships are rooted in your practice. We have to get better at practicing, working with our emotions and our thoughts. Just because you think or feel something doesn't mean we just accept it. We have to interrogate it. And when we're feeling lonely or we're feeling sad, it clouds our judgment. And we don't want to buy into our first thought or feeling. We always want to know, remember, our thinking and our feeling is often biased, extreme, and not rooted in reality. It's biased, extreme, and not always correct. Just because you think or feel something doesn't mean we go with it. That's called mood-dependent behavior. We don't want our behavior just coming right from our feelings. That's when people have no impulse, and they just throw something, smack someone, say something. That is not mental health. That is not strength. That is not empowerment. That's the opposite. Mental health and being empowered and being strong are about regulation. The only strong people and healthy people are regulated, not the ones flying off, throwing punches, popping off, saying things, flipping tables. That's the opposite. We're going to say more. Stick around. Listen to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back, y'all. More to come. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast oh rachel we're back talking about loneliness talking about mental health talking about how healthy people don't just act from their first feeling or thought they don't just buy right in and that's what most people do I feel this way. I think this, it's true. I'm going to act from it. Oh no, (laughs) no, 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 no. Our thinking and our feelings aren't always honest. They're often biased. They often center ourselves only. They're often very extreme and they're often not rooted in reality. We want to always work with it. People are not great at working with their thinking or their emotions. We have to learn how to do that. You have to ask yourself those questions because we talked about on the show when we talk about emotional regulation, you have to right size it. Hey, based on what happened, is this an appropriate level of severity in my response and my feelings? And you're thinking, is that true? Is that rooted in reality? What's the evidence? How do I know? And loneliness is one of those emotions that can cloud our judgment where people will start to globalize. I have no friends. No one likes me. Nothing's going to change. People that are lonely or depressed, and those things can often coincide, or lonely and socially anxious can coincide, and people will make these globalized assumptions. Because that's the other thing we do with our emotions. They're very globalized often, and we'll use a lot of absolutes. And we'll have a negative view on self, a negative view on others, and a negative view on the future. That's the trifecta, the negative trifecta that is born out of mental struggles, especially things like loneliness and depression. And that's never honest. Rarely is anyone's life rooted in absolutes. Rare is the person who can say, I'll never socialize. No one ever likes me. No one ever invites me to anything. This is never going to change. When you start hearing yourself talking absolutes where you say always, never, no one, that's again, another sign that your thinking is extreme. Your thinking's biased. <laughs> your thinking is not rooted in reality, nor are your feelings. So again, we're not trying to think positive. I'm not about toxic positivity. We're trying to live in reality because again, we're not denying feelings, but we're also not catastrophizing, amplifying, and dramatizing them. We're sitting in the truth in the middle. So yeah, you're lonely. Okay. But 
people do like you and you do get invited sometimes. And we want to sit in the reality so we can kind of soften some of our sense of what's going on. It's vitally important. It's one of the number one most important treatments for depression is cognitive behavioral therapy, working with your thinking. And again, that negative trifecta where we make a negative assumption about ourselves, other people in the future. And that's often not true. So that's the first thing is know that it clouds your judgment. Be aware of that so that when it happens, you can say, well, wait a minute, I can't buy into everything I'm thinking or feeling. I can't buy into all my assessments, all my assumptions. Another side note, that's why I always say to a lot of my clients, I don't know, go ask the person. Oh, you want me to read a text message to figure out whether or not this person is still interested in you? I don't know, why don't we ask them? <laughs> you know, like it's really important for us to start to go and have what we call one-on-one -on -one relationships, which is another way to bust through a lot of these assumptions. Checking in on your feelings and your thoughts asking the person what they really meant. You know, this is how I was left feeling. This is what I was left thinking. This is what I'm assuming. Is that correct? Now, if you're in a primary relationship, I want you to absolutely get in the habit of asking your partner, Hey, this is what I thought you meant. This is how I didn't, I interpreted what you said or did. Am I correct? And then you update your feelings and thinking based on your partner who you trust telling you the reality. So the other thing we want to do when we have, when we are, in a space or a place with loneliness, or maybe you have seasonal affective, so you know that it's coming, or maybe you're aware that friends are moving or unavailable, or whatever it is, is plan for your loneliness. If you know that it's coming, if you know that the weekend's coming, and that's when it's especially hard, plan for it. The worst thing you can do is wait until you're in it to try to find a solution, because as I said earlier, it clouds your judgment and your thinking. And then that negative trifecta pops up. You want to plan for it. I know my friends are away this weekend, or I know I don't have any plans this weekend, or I know the summer, you know, or the you know winter weather's coming, and I get hyper depressed. Build things in. In fact, for most people, because socialization in any form is really good for our mental functioning, you should always, in the middle or beginning of your week, start to consider what you want to have your weekend be about. And I'm always a fan of saying. And I quote myself, go have an experience, even if it's with yourself. Don't illegitimize experiences that you have alone. That's not fair to you. Just because there's maybe no one there with you by your side doesn't mean it isn't still a fun experience. No one needs to be there witnessing or participate. No one needs to be there witnessing it with you or participating in it with you for it to have meaning and value and legitimacy. That's not kind to you. I go do a lot of things on my own and I have the best time with myself. I sometimes bring music and I got my headphones on. I'm having conversations with myself. I'm talking to some of the other people that I see by themselves. I have a grand old time because I'd rather personally go do things alone than go do it the wrong people. And not everyone has the right people to do certain things with or the right people available. I have friends that I do different things with. I don't run with a squad. I have one-offs or two-offs. I have the friends I like to do smart things with, go to you know lectures and book readings and go see art. I have other friends that I'll go to the beach with. I have other friends that I'll go do stupid things with if I just want to be silly and run around. I have other friends that I go to if I really need them to hold space for emotional processing. And I don't expect someone to be all of those things. And if I'm in a committed relationship with someone, I know that they're not going to meet all those needs. And that's why I'm glad I have all those other friends, but I'm also willing to do things alone. So when in doubt, go have an experience, go do something. I don't care where you live. There's always stuff to go do. Even if it's just going to spend time in the park with a book or going and sitting in a cafe or whatever it might be, going to see a movie. But 
know ahead of time what you're gonna do for the weekend so that you're not sitting there when the loneliness or depression or anxiety creeps in thinking that that's gonna be a good time to try to figure it out. It's like I say to clients, keep your individual therapy going so as to be in that process when difficult times emerge. Don't wait till you're having a rough day or a rough week and think you're gonna just reach out to a therapist and pop in that day or within that week. It doesn't work like that. Like you gotta be in the process. So know what's coming and plan it. So always know midweek or the beginning of the week or even towards the end of the week what you're going to do that weekend if you are someone who tends to deal and struggle with loneliness, which isn't something that we should frame as bad. It's part of life. And don't make it worse by saying, I feel lonely and I'm going to now amplify by saying, and I shouldn't or there's something wrong with me because I do. We're going to talk more. Uh, but later in the show, we'll be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Stick around. Don't go anywhere, y'all. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be back. All right, y'all. We're back talking about loneliness. It's hard. It's scary. We function better. We do better when we are in community, connected. Technology is great. Gives us a lot of access to different people. We're talking about the fact that we don't want to shame or pathologize or make an issue out of the fact that we're lonely. It's part of life. Every emotion is going to be felt at different times. But if you know you're someone who tends to struggle with that, make sure you have things set up. Don't wait until you're feeling lonely or bad or low to try to then, in your clouded judgment, when you're feeling really bad about yourself, others in the world, trying to plan then. Have have some things built in, but also work with and challenge and interrogate your thinking and your feeling, because you're going to probably be thinking in absolutes. I never, people always, I can't, I should, all of these words that are rooted in absolutes. And that's never true. I'm always challenging that with clients, not because I'm all about reality. I don't care about reality. I'm thinking about their mental health. And when we're thinking in these extreme rigid ways, that's going to negatively impact our mental health because it's not rooted in the reality, which is often a little more productive and workable and effective. Um, So think about that. That's the first thing. Um, Go have an experience is the other one. Sometimes when we're feeling depressed, we do things that depress us. Sometimes when we're feeling lonely, we do things that make that even more isolative instead of pushing on our discomfort, instead of challenging ourselves, instead of moving towards a solution that will at least, you know, have some beneficial impact. We just sometimes stay stuck. What's not going to make you feel better is sitting there just in a swiping and swiping and swiping or just binge watching shows or it might. And that's okay if it does. I'm not, I'm not knocking all that. There's a place for that. I love an afternoon when I'm just going to watch hours and hours and hours of my favorite shows and I'm going to dissociate and zone out and check out. And that's all the, that's awesome. But there's a darker side to that where some people are doing that, not because they want to, not because it makes them feel good, but because they don't feel as though there's anything else to do. And I will always say to them, you're depressing yourself. Go have an experience. Don't illegitimize time alone as though it's less valuable because there's not someone there with you. As I was trying to say, I have the best time with myself. I, I always bring my music. If, if you ever see me out in the world on my own, you'll probably see a headset or earphones on because I'm rocking out. Um, music is an important companion on my journey, which is why I love working at a radio station because it really builds that in and reminds me of that. Um, and we've talked about that. We'll talk about that again, how it helps us work with our mood. Um, but really pay attention and zero in on that. Um, also take advantage of technology. You know, we have FaceTime, we have texting, we have DM, we have Zoom. Uh, there's different ways for you to spend time with someone if you don't feel like or are not able to leave the house or someone's away or long distance. Don't illegitimize that. It's not not in real life. I hear when people say that. They're like, oh, but that's, you know, you have to in real life spend time with people. Well, yes and no. Some relationships are only going to maybe ever exist online and that's okay. 
um, I just want people to feel connected with. Um, so think about that as well. Um, there's also this important thing, and I was seeing this a lot when we were in full-on lockdown because loneliness and isolation was quite quite intense and quite problematic and not necessarily resolving anytime soon. And I would talk a lot about um, thinking about yourself, but also other people. And I was doing this a lot with my clients where I was saying, you know, for those that were saying I'm feeling lonely and disconnected, I would give them this one template to work on and I'll circle back to that in a minute. But I was also always challenging them to think about friends that might need them to reach out to. But the template is this, because it's hard making friends at times. It's hard making friends the older we get. And again, a lot of people right now are feeling isolated, lonely, and disconnected still. Um, are there people you miss? Reach out to them. Are there people you wish you were closer to? Reach out to them. Are there people that have drifted away? Reach out to them. <laughs> That's one of the easiest ways to make friends is by circling back and reconnecting, restarting. And there's no time limit. There's such a thing as it's been years. Great. I love when friends from years ago circle back and say, hey, man, how you been? I've been thinking about you. Or, hey, man, too much time has gone by. Or, hey, I miss you. Or, hey, I wish we were closer. I love hearing that. And I honor that. Be that person. It's okay to do that. Even if it's someone you've been thinking about romantically. Hey, how are you? You've never left my mind. I'm still thinking about you. Would you want to go on a date? Are you available? I love stuff like that. I do that. I've had it done to me. It's a compliment. It's awesome. Um, so that's part of the loneliness thing is don't think it's all about looking forward and how do I make new friends. Often the solution is how do I reconnect or go back to or get closer with past or current friends? Is there a friend you wish you were closer with? Build, build that. Start reaching out more often. Start making plans. Too many people, when they're feeling lonely or disconnected, wait to be invited. And I'll say, set up the kinds of things you wish you were being invited to. You wish you'd be invited to a game night? Throw one. That's right. You can throw a game night and invite a bunch of random people. You wish you were invited to movies, a group movie outing? Plan one. Reach out to a bunch of people. Say, let's go see a movie Saturday. Plan a game night. Plan a dinner. Plan a beach day. Plan a group hike. Plan a movie. Create what you want versus sitting there victimized by no one inviting you because maybe you've turned it down too many times and they don't reach out. Maybe they have forgotten about you because they're busy. I don't know, but by you creating what you want, not only do you get it, it's also a way to re reconnect with all these people and it's also a way to remind them that you wanna be a part of their life and you wanna be included. Create the future and the reality you wanna be a part of or have. A lot of people forget that. They somehow are victimized thinking that they're only passive, but you can actively build those things. Do it. All right, coming up next, DMs. Got a DM for us? Question you want answered? Topic you want hit? Something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into? Let us know on the DMs on our Loveline IG page. And uh, wearechannelq.com is where you want to go to check out past episodes of the show. Stick around, y'all. We'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back, and now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. DMs come from our Loveline IG page. This one said, hey, Dr. Chris, in your opinion, do you think politics and religion are deal breakers in a relationship? Me and my boyfriend have been dating for five months, and the topics have never been brought up except a few times. Each time, they're dismissed by both of us, I think, in a fear of what the other will say. Is this normal? So two questions you're asking. Are religion and politics deal breakers? And is it normal to not really be willing or comfortable dropping into those topics because you're afraid of what's gonna emerge? Uh, it, it, oh, it's a tough one. My, my general global answer is yes. Yes, they can be deal breakers. And it really depends on what your politics are. For me, 
it would be a deal breaker if someone was supportive of uh, making uh, abortions illegal, which because I believe in freedom, liberation, feminism, body autonomy, re reproductive justice, and I would be personally offended and, and question the character and values and ethics of someone who doesn't agree with that. That will never work in my life. I value non-suffering. I value non-violence. Um, I, I personally can never be with someone who's homophobic, racist, transphobic. Um, that's violence and suffering. And for me, that there's no ethics in that. There's no compassion. There's no humanity. Um, so I have no interest in being around someone like that because that kind of core belief system is going to show up in a lot of ways. They're okay. They, they think it's okay to illegitimize certain people for certain reasons. It, you know, it's like if, if there are some women that you don't have respect for, well, then you're sexist. You know, uh, that's misogyny that some women aren't, you know, are exceptions. No human to me is an exception. Everyone has a worth. I'm sorry, everyone has worth and everyone has a right to get in their needs met and everyone should be respected. And if someone thinks that there's exceptions to that rule because of someone's skin color, sexual orientation, gender presentation, I don't want to be influenced by them. I don't want to be around them and I don't have respect for them. You know, um, I am the person that shuts down fat jokes, racist jokes, homophobic jokes, because I work in mental health and uh, I'm an activist. So for me, they're huge deal breakers. I can only date radicals and maybe some, you know, progressive liberals, but I could never date someone conservative. I can never date someone Republican because to me, those are acts of violence. Um, I want unhoused people to get housing. I think everyone has a right to get in their basic needs met. I don't think you have to earn a living. I think you should be given a living. Uh, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to decide what you want to do about that, but that's how I operate. That's a huge deal breaker for me from the door. Now, is it normal for people to not want to bring it up because they're afraid of what it'll mean? Sure. But how many topics are you then avoiding? Because politics and ethics come up into everything. You're watching a movie, you're watching the news. What do you think about yeah, I mean, I don't know how that's not something that's constantly coming up. Like we're watching all this gun violence and massacres, mass shootings. You just don't talk about that because you're afraid that your partner will say, I'm all about you know gun, gun rights and access to AK-47s means more to me than these children's lives. Like, how does that get avoided? Um, so I think you're avoiding the inevitable, but even if you don't talk about those topics, these distinctions still exist in each of you and you're both gonna be living and acting from them and it's only a matter of time before it does create an issue. I think you should figure it out on the front end and find a way to negotiate or compromise or manage or make sense of, I, I don't know. I don't know how you're burying your heads in the sand for this long. It's only, it's been five months, that's a long time. So I worry about the level of intimacy you're building by avoiding so many important topics. You're not talking about Roe versus Wade. You're not talking about what's going on with gun rights in the NRA. You're not talking about the election and who you're voting for. You're not talking about your, I mean, yeah, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't know how you're avoiding it. I think it's a bad thing. I think you should talk about it immediately and you should decide at this point in time how to move forward as a result of it and whether or not you should even move forward. I bring this stuff, this stuff up right away. <laughs> and I've left dates when I heard someone making a trans joke or mocking someone who's larger bodied. I'm like, that is so unacceptable. <laughs> and I don't want to stick around and find out other, other ways that you're a bigot, you know? So I don't know. I, I think you need to talk about it. I think it's not mentally healthy to avoid those things. Everything's political. Politics are woven into everything. They're trying to pass a bill that makes it not okay for children to be around drag queens. This is coming out of Texas. 
Like, how are you not talking about these things? Yeah, pull your head out of your butt. I think I think you, you both need to do that. All right, we'll be back. <laughs> if you got a DM for us, drop in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Otherwise, stick around, don't go anywhere. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. All right, y'all, we are back and uh, talking about loneliness. Something we're all going to experience, something that a lot of us have maybe felt profoundly during these interesting, difficult times. Uh, a lot of solitude, disconnection. People have left. People are focused on other things. It's part of the life cycle, you know. And we're just talking about ways to deal, ways to cope. The first one was don't panic. Don't make it, don't turn it into suffering by saying, and it shouldn't be this way and it will always be this way. Get better at working with your thinking and really challenging those absolutes. Um, also planning ahead, knowing what, you know, it may be an empty weekend's coming. You might be lonely, plan some things for yourself, plan some things for other people with other people. I was also talking about the fact that use technology and, and create the things you wish you were maybe a part of or being invited to. Like a lot of people just passively are victimized in a victimized mindset, kind of say, no one ever invites me, invite them. That's how you let them know you want to be a part of or you're interested or you're available. Throw the thing you wish you were being invited to. Throw the game night. Throw the dinner party. Put a group movie outing together. Put a beach day together. Group hike. Whatever it is. I, I, I went through that phase on my own where I was being invited to things and then that slowed down. And I was like, wait a minute. Why am I not throwing the dinner party or the game night? Let, let me be the one that does that. Bring the people together. You know. Also talking a little bit uh, before the DMs about how it's not always about how do I make new friends. Sometimes it's, it's about how do I get deeper with the ones I have or how do I reconnect with the ones that time has gone by or they've drifted. There's no time limit on that. You can reach out to anyone saying, I miss you. How have you been? Let's be closer. Start reaching out consistently. Start having deeper conversations. So sometimes that's the work. Get deeper with the, and closer with the ones you have or reconnect with the ones that you miss or that have drifted. Um, there's no shame in that. There's no time limit. I've, I was saying even do that romantically. Hey, you've been on my mind. I haven't stopped thinking about you. I know it's been a while. You're single. You're available. Let's go on a date. There's a beautiful thing in that. There's no such thing as too much time. It doesn't work like that. Time isn't real in that way at all. Aging is real, but time is circular if we make it. That's eh, another conversation for another time. <laughs> um, and I think there's also something really beautiful in discussing your loneliness with someone. Yes, it's a beautiful way to build intimacy by sharing deeper, more anxiety-inducing parts of ourselves, which is my very definition of intimacy, where we share things that make us anxious. That's how we know we're really getting deep and really getting close. And that's a beautiful thing to, to say to someone. I'll say that with my friends all the time. I'm feeling very depressed today. I'm feeling very anxious. Today, I'm feeling very lonely. And I let someone sit in it with me. You know, Tell people. Tell them you miss them. Tell them where you're at. I tell all my friends I love them. I tell people I miss them. It's that vulnerability, you know? And you also get people to kind of then feel safe sharing that with you, and then it gets normalized. And you might be surprised at how many other people have felt or are, are right now feeling the same things you're feeling. It might surprise you. It has for me. Um, but we have to, like, normalize that, talk about it, and bring it up. And uh, you might be actually saving someone's life by, by doing this, you know? Um, cause they're letting them know that you're a safe person to go to and not everyone is aware of who they can do that with. And that's why it's not always about us. I want you to also think about what friends have you maybe not heard of in a while instead of personalize it, personalizing it and decided, deciding that it was something done at you or against you. Maybe say, maybe they're struggling and they need me to reach out and check in on them to let them know that someone's thinking about them. Cause again, we tend to personalize things. We tend to have a very biased interpretation 
and we make it about us. Oh, I haven't heard from them. They're a crappy friend. I haven't heard from them. They must be mad at me. Well, maybe they're depressed and lonely and need you to reach out. You know, maybe they need you to be the active, assertive one and to be told that someone cares and is thinking about them. That's also a way to cope with your own loneliness. Check in on other people. I mean, sometimes the best solution for something is that which you want brought to you, you need to start creating and bring to them. I said to couples all the time, someone might say, I wish my partner was more romantic. I'm like, well, then you start bringing romance in more. You set up the romantic things you want. You wish your partner would create romantic dinner dates. You plan them, build the romance you wanna have. Let them participate in it. Let them see what it looks like. Be a good influence, but don't, don't act so passive and victimized by the lack of romance. You bring more romance in yourself by being assertive. If you want more socialization, plan it and create it and request it. We, we really struggle with that level of vulnerability. We don't realize that we have much more control over what's going on in our lives than we realize. Um, we're not at the mercy of as much as we think we are. Um, because again, mental health is really best improved uh, and we are made more resilient when we know that we have people in our corner and they don't even have to physically or literally be there. We just have to symbolically and psychologically have access to them, knowing that they're there or being able to reach them via a phone or a text. We don't thrive or do as well in isolation. And socialization, again, like I said, literal or symbolic is going to be what's going to help us be the most resilient. And we know that from trauma research, that the people that don't develop PTSD, post-traumatic stress disorder, or I should just say post-traumatic stress. It's not a disorder to have that as a result of something that's a healthy human response, post-traumatic stress. So we need to get rid of the D. Um, but we know that it is mitigated. It is completely eliminated or not as severe if they have a social network to turn to, but you have to already have it. You already have to already have it. Um, in action, right? So it's kind of like I said, you want to already be in therapy so that it's there when you need it. You don't want to try to build a social network when you're dealing with mental health issues or trauma. You already need to have it so you can access it. So start working on that now, knowing that God forbid were anything heinous or horrible to happen, that that will mitigate some of the impact and prevent you from maybe having post-traumatic stress and some other negative outcomes if you have a social network to be there for you. All right, we'll be back. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey, and we'll keep talking about loneliness. Stick around. All right, y'all, we're back, and uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit, talk about sex. That's right, because it's Loveline. We're talking about ways to uh, spike up that arousal, bump up that pleasure. Uh, tips for better sex. Now it's, it's not always about faster, bigger, shinier, you know, but that's what we tend to do faster, harder, more. We always think that it's about increasing and amplifying, but it's often for things like sex, the opposite. It's about slowing down more mindfulness, more focus. There's a limit. There's a limit. We can't always, it's like, I always, I'm, it always blows my mind. And maybe it's my lack of understanding some, some qualities about business, but every year we can't be pushing our targeted goal of what we're going to make. We can't always be thinking we're going to be making progress or building. I think that's the biggest flaw of capitalism. This idea that every year it's got to be more. We always have that bigger, faster, newer. No, there's a limit. That's, that's burnout. That is burnout. We can't always be optimizing, working on ourselves. Yes. I want us to be working on ourselves, but when people are always having new year's goals and weekly goals, goals. It's like, that's just burnout. So one of the best ways to amp up your arousal is to slow down. People are floored by that. Move slower. 
Spend more time touching and exploring someone's body. Spend more time on different parts of their body. I'm kind of bumping into two tips at the same time. Explore and use more of their body, but slow down and spend more time at each point. We're not rushing anywhere. Where are y'all trying to rush to? Oh, I know, penetration and orgasm. Calm down and mature a little bit beyond that. Sex is bigger and pleasure is bigger than just penetration and orgasm. We need to chill out on our obsession with that. Again, I'm constantly saying that throughout the day. Sex is, we're not trying to get anywhere. It's just about being in the moment. Imagine again, my favorite examples of food. When you're eating a donut, it's not like hurry up and get it done, hurry up and get it done. Success is when you're finished that donut. No, it's about being with it and, and in the moment. Never trying to never let it end. Eating slower, savoring each bite, trying to taste each flavor. If you just shove it down and swallow, you miss the whole experience. You missed all the pleasure, fun, and the beauty of it. And that's what people sometimes do with sex. They're just trying to get to what they think is the finish line, the end point. And, and it's like, whoa, slow down. That is, if you do nothing else but just move slower, you will increase your pleasure. This is a way to help you for people that are struggling with lubrication. This is a way to help people that are struggling with uh, painful penetration. This is a way to help people that are struggling with erectile um, disappointments, getting and staying as erect as you want. All of these things are helped and enhanced by slowing down. That's how we spike our arousal, not by speeding through and trying to make everything faster and harder and more. Yes, there's a place for some of that, but that can also overwhelm, that can also desensitize, and that can also keep us anxious. And arousal is really about our parasympathetic system, which is about relaxation and slowing down. So if you learn nothing more, that's all. That's all you need to think about. But then there is more. <laughs> Another important thing you want to remember is to do what makes sense and feels good to you. Yes, we're aware that there's a person there in front of us. Yes, we're taking into account how everything is landing on them. Yes, we're talking about consent. Yes, we want enthusiastic consent. But when someone says, what should I do to them? I say the things that you imagine feeling good doing to them, the things that turn you on imagining doing to them, that's what will create the hottest sex, not mind reading and trying to do what you think they might want. Yes, I want people to ask questions, we'll get there, but on your own, when you have blanket consent with a partner who you trust and trust you, who you've had sex before, you're in a relationship with, and you're just exploring, you should be moving towards the things that turn you on, imagining doing to them. I'm not saying we're not taking them into account. I'm not saying we're not worrying about their pleasure. We are, but that's the first guide is focus on some of your stuff, yourself, be in your own body. Now, of course, if we're talking about orgasm, which is not always what sex is about, you wanna make sure both parties have enjoyed themselves. And so you wanna make sure your partner, if they're interested in orgasming, gets the opportunity to do that. So I'm not saying we're disconnecting from them, we're not taking them in, we're not worrying about them, but we're being guided by our own pleasure. And ideally, people would speak up and say, that feels good, stay right there. That feels good, do more of that. I would love it if you did it harder. I'd love it if you did it softer. Ideally, we would vocalize and we would speak up. I want people to do more vocalizing. Let your partner know what's working for you and not work and what's not working for you. Again, we're trying to not do mind reading. We're trying to not make assumptions. We don't know what all people enjoy. We're moving away from that because part of sex and body positivity is the confidence to speak and to ask and to vocalize. So we're doing both at the same time. We're observing our partner, but we're being guided by our own pleasure while taking into account what's feeling good to our partner. <laughs> 
We're not discounting. It's actually both. We're also remembering to breathe. <laughs> breathe. <laughs> Make sure you're breathing. Make sure you're breathing deeply. That's part of checking in with ourselves and making sure we're in the moment and making sure we're slowing down and making sure we're focused. Because a lot of time people are, are in their anxiety. A lot of time people are um, spectating, watching themselves and assessing themselves. A lot of times people are hyper-focused on how they're being perceived, what their body looks like. All of that is pulling us out of the moment and pulling us out of our body and pulling us out of pleasure. You're really in it when you're not able to think about those things because you're again focusing on what's happening, what feels good to you, and you're observing and noticing your partner at the same time. Ah, uh, yes, so much to think about, but not really, because it's really about letting go and these things become intuitive. But we are trained in our culture to be performance-based, which means I need to do it the right way, I need to look like I'm doing it the right way, there is a right way, no. There's no right way to eat a donut. <laughs> donut is not performance-based, it's pleasure-based. You eat it as long as it feels good, focusing on making sure you enjoy it. Sex is the same way. There's no right way, there's no wrong way, we're not trying to get anywhere, we're trying to be in the moment, we're trying to enjoy. It's like when you're in the movies. Hopefully you're not checking your clock, Hopefully you're not trying to figure out how much running time of the movie is left. Hopefully you're just letting go and you're in the moment and you're going on the journey and you lose place and time. That's the most beautiful sex is when you lose yourself. All right, we're gonna come back and talk more, so don't go anywhere. And they'll be doing some DMs. You're listening to Love Line with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back, y'all, so don't go away. Oh, Rachel, we're back talking about sexy times. It's important stuff. Sometimes the quality of our relationship is built on the uh, quality of the sex that's happening. You know, when couples are struggling, they tend to put a little more uh, importance on how well sex feels and how it's going versus those that are doing well because they have other things to rely on. I've talked about a whole bunch of stuff. Slow down, slow down, spend more time wherever you are, whatever you're doing to someone, to yourself or to a partner, slow down, spend more time doing it. Also expand out. Don't just always be doing, touching the same body parts in the same order. Step one, then step two, and then we finish with step four. Oh, it's so boring. Don't do that. We're also being in our bodies. We're not getting hung up on how we look, how we're doing, what we think our partner's thinking about what we're doing. Yes, we're observing them. We're tracking them, but we're trusting that they'll vocalize and say more of that, less of that. That feels good. We're being guided by what's turning us on. We also want to make sounds. We tend to go into silence. You know someone's really in the moment, really enjoying themselves when they're vocalizing. And that could be all sorts of things. It's not always guiding, you know, that more of that, less of that. Sometimes it's just all the different sounds that can come out of being involved in our pleasure. It's a beautiful thing. We don't have to be so quiet. Vocalize, 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 vocalize. Um, you know, you know someone's really intense when they're silent. They're probably not breathing. They're probably not in their body. And they're probably not in the moment. So they're not even feeling pleasure. Some people get too intense. And usually that's because, again, they're in their head or they don't feel safe with the partner that they're with. I mean, that's the first assumption is that we're only having sex with people that make us feel safe because we're supposed to have sex that leaves us feeling better off afterwards. You know, uh, when we talk about sex that isn't healthy or isn't safe, it's sex that leaves us feeling worse off for whatever reason because of the partner, because of what we did, because of body or sex shame. So, you know, tap in on that and think about that. The other thing you want to think about is diversification and novelty. Newness, novelty, and diverse things are always going to be what spike arousal the most, and there's so many different ways to do that. What we do, how we do it, when we started, how we end it. Um, 
all those different pieces. And it's all about sights, sounds, smells, power dynamics, just tweaking things, you know, pushing on our edges. Um, it's a beautiful part of even working on body positivity. The body positivity and body neutrality movement don't talk enough about sex. In fact, they often don't talk about it at all. But the parts of our bodies that we let be touched or don't be touched is, is what maintains or, or liberates us from shame. The parts of our bodies that we let be seen by partners maintains <clears throat> or liberates us from shame. If you have shame about a part of your body, the way through that is to let it be seen, to let it be touched. But ready for this, the grand finale is to let it be a source of providing pleasure for us. That belly of yours that you have so much shame about, that's a site of pleasure, having it touched, having it rubbed, having it kissed, having it licked. I love that stuff. You know, let it be seen, let it be exposed. Shame is maintained when we hide something. Shame is worked through and we are liberated from it when we expose, when we even lead with. That's why I'm always moved in our fat phobic body shaming culture when I see people with larger bodies or people that are fat identified wearing things that that they feel comfortable in or they feel sexy and that might um, really show parts of their bodies that we traditionally would have shame around or they traditionally have shame around themselves. That's someone who's really done that work and worked through. And it's always so inspiring to me to see people that are doing that work because they don't want to be confined with these arbitrary, really toxic messages. Everyone's body should be seen as desirable and erotic. There's, we shouldn't be dressing for our size. Dress, wear whatever the hell you want. Wear what makes you feel good. Don't dress for your shape. Don't dress for your size. Don't dress for your age. You're allowed to wear whatever you want. I hate that kind of stuff. You're too old for that. There's no such thing. It's fabric. It's material. Stop. That's shame. Keep your, keep your mouth shut. Or you know, you're not slim enough or, or, you're not, or you don't have a big enough butt for that or you're not whatever it is. Oh my God, shut your mouth. That's shame. Wear what you want regardless. That's liberation. I want everyone to go to the beach wearing whatever they want. The larger your body is, the more you should be wearing spandex. The smaller the things you should be wearing are. Let's liberate ourselves from that. But sex-specific, what we let be seen, let what we let be touched, what parts of our bodies we let be engaged, that is all rooted in shame, that decision. Use that as an opportunity to really work through and push through that. Liberation's on the other side. But do that with partners you feel safe with. Same thing with sex shame. With partners you feel safe with, start asking for things, pushing on your boundaries, trying new things, exploring. But again, we have to be with mature, sophisticated partners that can handle that, manage that, and won't shame us for that. But that's a beautiful journey, especially if you're monogamous. You should be taking all that to your partner, because if not, where's it supposed to go? Quietly sitting in shame in your body? No. Bring it to your partner. But you got to build the kind of relationship that can tolerate that kind of work. Not every relationship can. You know, so if you know that that's what you want to do, you work towards that a little bit. That's why sex is such sex is such a healing thing rooted in our sexuality. What we do, what we won't do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is all rooted in our gender training, you know, our body shame, our trauma. It's about boundaries, communication skills. We can learn so much and work through so much in those capacities. All right, coming up, we're going to be doing some DMs. So if you got a DM, it means you got a question for us, topic you want us to hit, something you want us to circle back, drop deeper into, put it in the DMs on our Loveline IG page. Love hearing from you. Always anonymous, always confidential, helping other people as we're helping you out because someone else is going to learn from that, you know, or maybe wondering and struggling with the same thing. And then uh, check out past episodes of the show by going over to wearechannelq.com. Scroll down, look for Loveline. You can click on it, binge, post, re-listen, and share. Lots of good stuff because it's all about the practice. Stick around, though. You're listening to Loveline with Dr. Chris on Channel Q and Odyssey. We'll be right back. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medela. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Modelo, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. All right, y'all, we're back. And now it's time to slide into those DMs. Sliding into the DMs. This one says, hey, Dr. Chris, my name is Michael. I've had this friend, Brian, for about four years. We live in different areas, very far apart, but we've always been able to keep our friendship alive. There's a lot of things that we have in common, and we're always talking about all the different people we're dating. Now, it turns out that we're both single, and we might be living near each other. Oh, man, here it comes. I've let myself start to develop romantic and erotic feelings for him. And I've even found myself at times wanting to flirt. I'm scared to bring up my feelings. Is there an easy way to do this? I love when people start or end questions with, is there an easy way to? No. (laughs) You do it. There's no way to do it without being anxious because that's what you're really saying. When someone's like, how do I break up with someone without or how do I? You're saying the anxiety, the anticipated anxiety is beyond what I feel like I can manage. But direct and honest communication is always the answer. Hey, I have feelings for you. Are you interested? The only caveat I always add is it can be very disorganizing and disorienting for some friends to be told that someone who they thought was just a platonic friend has feelings for them. It can make your friendship not possible to move forward because they're they're now going backwards and 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 questioning what's been going on this whole time. So for some people, the answer is keep it to yourself. There's a wealth of people to date. Just because you have a great friendship doesn't mean you have a great romantic relationship. Friendships are more stable and have more sustainability. So if you really want to keep someone in your life forever, keep them as your friend. Romantic relationships, unfortunately, we shift our expectations and we make it a lot of high drama and conflict at times. So it's not always a good idea. Please don't think because we're good friends, we would also be good lovers and partners. Sometimes the reason why this person has been in your life for as long as they have is because of the current structure and configuration, and you should then keep that and honor that. So a lot of people don't want you to disclose the fact they have a crush on them. Do you think this person likes you as well? That's a little more reasonable, meaningful, and would make me feel more motivated to do something about it. But if you think they never did and don't, keep it as friends and you manage your feelings. Just because you like someone doesn't mean you have to do something about it or let them know. As I said, that can sometimes ruin the friendship and make people uncomfortable. So be very, very, very cautious and very, very, very thoughtful about that. That's 
often not a good idea at all. So think about that before you do it. Um, all right, we got time for another one. Oh, let's see. Okay, this one's, hey, Dr. Chris and Loveline. My son is a freshman in high school and next week is his spring break. He asked me if he could spend the weekend with his father who lives in Arizona. Or not spring break, what does that say? Summer break, sorry. I'm like making stuff up. I can't read, this is very small print. Uh, father in Arizona, we're in California, got it. Normally, I would say yes. However, with, the, with all that's going on with pandemic, I feel compelled to say no, that's right, because the numbers are spiking again. I am working with a lot of clients where their businesses have been shut down and everyone's back home again and not allowed in the office. Yeah, for a couple of weeks. I had five clients tell me that. They were brought back in part-time. I think everyone should be allowed to work from home if they can. I don't think people need to be in office. I don't think offices serve a purpose except for control. I think it's better and we're high, more productive when we work from home, the studies show that. And some people were brought back in temporarily. A lot of clients I'm working with are being given flexibility around that. But yeah, the numbers are spiking. It's a high risk. And a lot of people have been sent home again. Expect more of that. Yeah. So I appreciate what you're saying. Your son's upset. Everyone's mad, but you're concerned. I get it. Health means more than fun. It's hard at, you know, freshman, your kid, you're invincible. You think nothing's going to happen. I've had COVID more than once. I can't have it again. I'm taking all the precautions I can. I'm vaxxed, I'm boosted, all the stuff. But I've already had it twice and it kicked my butt and I still have residual feelings from it. I'm not going near anyone who might have it. I'm not going around anyone who I don't trust. I'm not going around hyper social people. I'm not going around people that are going to music festivals. It is not safe. I don't want to be around it. I'm being very cautious. If I leave the house or I have to go to some restaurant or space, I'm sitting in a corner with people I trust away from other people, even with like pride events and stuff like that. You better believe I'm staying away from individuals. I'm making sure I'm outdoors. Oh yeah, you better believe health first. Oh yeah, you're being a smart parent. There's more summer breaks to come. Oh, that's right. But it's really, you gotta check the numbers. If the numbers are low in that area, it's safer. If the numbers are high, it's not. LA, the numbers are spiking, it's not safe. I don't know if the numbers are in Arizona, but you're being a good parent. Safety first, always. All right, y'all, that is our show. If you got a DM, drop it in the DMs on our Loveline AG page. Join us, we'll be back tomorrow night. All the stuff. Check out past episodes at wearechannelq.com. Be kind to yourselves and those around you. Thanks for hanging out, y'all, and have a great night. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. Hey! 
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 